you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Welcome back, guys. Let me ask you, does your concept work? I mean, really work. You know, there's something intriguing or powerful about your theme or overall ambiance that just captures the public's eye and their dining dollars, and all the little details that either enhance or take away from that ambiance. Some details are smaller and simple to fix. Others could be major projects or even a complete makeover. But I'm hoping when you listen today, you'll take a fresh look at your place, your concept, get some new ideas, or maybe tweak what you've got going on now. Speaking of projects, I'm pleased to bring you today's episode sponsored by Cabbage. Cabbage can help your restaurant with extra cash. Face it, money is the lifeblood of any restaurant. There are many times when we need extra cash, sometimes at a moment's notice. Maybe it's a seasonal slow period. Maybe you need new equipment, or maybe this episode inspires you to expand or add something really cool to your concept. No matter the reason, wouldn't it be amazing to have access to cash when you need it? Now! Cabbage gives small businesses like yours access to a line of credit up to $250,000. You apply online and get an immediate decision. Cabbage is a line of credit, so you can request the exact amount you need. You never have to reapply for more money, and you only pay for the cash you use. Cabbage is also an A-plus rated company by the Better Business Bureau, and they've helped more than 130,000 businesses in every industry, including lots of restaurants just like yours, with over $4 billion in funding. Cabbage was also named a Forbes Top 100 company twice in a row, so check it out. If you need quick cash, go to cabbage.com slash restaurant rockstars. And just for listening to this podcast, you'll get a $50 gift card when you qualify. Again, that's cabbage with a K, not a C, dot com slash restaurant rockstars. Take a look at cabbage today, qualify, and get your money fast. And that gift card. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. All Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank, member FDIC. Now, on to the episode. Hey everybody, Roger here, and I am back with my wife and partner, Thea, and we're going to be talking today about restaurant concepts and themes and why some restaurants work and some restaurants don't. So let's take it away. Yeah, kind of a hit and miss. It's always fascinating to me. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because we've been on really, really, we've been on the side of really super successful restaurants. We've had some that weren't so successful, and it's all a big learning experience. But I guess to kick it off, why don't we talk about so many years ago, we decided that starting a Mexican restaurant was a really good idea. Right. That's like becoming a masseuse because you like massages. <laughs> I like massages. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I feel like the reason we started it was because it was it's one of our favorite concepts. It's one of our favorite places to eat. And there there wasn't a Mexican restaurant in the area that we were living in at the time. So we thought, well, let's just do that. And there was a restaurant that had gone out of business. So there was real estate available. Yeah. And it just seemed like it was going to be 
not effortless, but it seemed like it was going to be pretty easy to do. Don't forget, we like margaritas too. <laughs> right. And we really couldn't get a good margarita in town. But Mexican is really, really a hot concept in major cities and just about everywhere. So we thought it was a no-fail idea. And like you said, there was this really, really nice property available and it had been an unsuccessful restaurant before we took it over so we saw an opportunity and it was in a highly visible location but then we went amiss right so we quickly started with renovations and i think that's one of the other things when you have these ideas and you're trying to maybe model your concept after um, another restaurant it i think one of the easiest things to do is is visually anticipate the ambiance and what you want it to look like. And we knew, of course, we wanted it to be colorful and fun and festive. And um, and so that's what we set about doing. And Crazy colors. Crazy colors. <laughs> but more so, it, and it turned out great, but it took a lot of work and a huge budget. Yeah. All spent on sort of that, even though it was already an existing restaurant that had most of everything we needed, it was sort of let's just demo a ton of this to make it more what we're looking for. And in hindsight, I think that was a mistake. Well, walls had to come down. We had to open up the space and we really tried to create a bar environment because we knew that we wanted a strong bar business to augment the food. And that never really took off, even though we spent a ton on making this bar, the bar super looks, cool. It was a tiki type the bar. The tiki bar like was amazing. Looked, it was Bamboo so cool. and, yeah. you know, colorful lights and, and corrugated metal roof and all kinds of cool, cool stuff. But it just didn't, just didn't take off. And uh, unfortunately, the food business wasn't enough to carry um, not having a, an adequate bar business based on, you know, lower price points to Mexican food. So that concept just didn't right. fly so well. It didn't fly there. And I really think in hindsight, if there'd been more money spent on menu design and um, authenticity and making some of sort of some signature dishes and that sort of thing, I think we could have... I think it would have gone a lot differently. So that was definitely a big lesson learned. So if you're opening a restaurant, don't spend too much on ambiance before you've nailed the food. There you go. Key learning number one right there. Yeah. yeah. So what so, do we look for when we go out to eat? I mean, we're talking about ambiance here. And, you know, it's really hard to appeal to... There's that old saying in the restaurant business, you've got to please all the people all the time, but it's really hard to do that. So with an ambiance, right. you pick a theme, you pick a concept. What what can we do? What can restaurants do to, to nail the ambiance or the vibe? Because there is some real importance to that. Sure. Well, I think part of it is knowing who your target market is because we like all kinds of different um, restaurants and whether or not we're dining with the kids determines perhaps where we go. So I think if, you know, if you're aiming for family, making sure that your concept serves kids, and I don't just mean serves kids, but really caters to kids from both um, a food perspective, but an ambiance pers perspective, we've gone to, I mean, I can think back to when our kids were small and needed a lot more supervision, the restaurants that we would go to, and but, but they didn't have a ton of patience to sit at the table. So we almost always chose restaurants based on having an area that the kids could go to. And think about all the things we used to create. We had those big dioramas with the head cutouts, you know, with a, with a custom mural on the front, which was a great photo opportunity. We did something called the Kids well, Hall of Fame. 
all that, sorts of yeah, at, appeals and draws that were, mm -hmm. you know, that were kid focused because I learned a long time ago that the kids often determine where the family eats out. So right. here's a key learning again. I mean, if you can create, if you're a family casual restaurant and you want to encourage family dining, then appeal to the kids and the parents will come and happily spend money if you can entertain and keep those kids happy. Right. And we used to, there was a brewery that we liked a lot. It had a huge back lawn. And they just at, put a swing set, one of those wooden swing sets and some tire swings and things yeah. up. And it was Pretty far elaborate. enough. Yeah, it was far enough and maybe a sand pit mm -hmm. and some balls, I think. So it was far enough away from the deck of the restaurant that the kids, you know, playing and screaming and being loud didn't bother us. But the number of parents that you would see come because they could sit and have a beer and have a bite to eat and relax and they could be, still be supervising their kids. Um, from a distance and the kids would make other little friends and they would be playing and they could run up to the table, take a couple bites, whatever, and then take back up to play. So that was another favorite sort of outdoor space that had um, a spot for kids. And other times we've been to like one of the other restaurants that our kids used to like to go to. It didn't necessarily have a separate area for the kids to go to, but it had all these cool retro games that they could bring back to their table. So it was only, you know, the area that they would get up and go to was only, you know, a couple of bookshelves in the corner, but they would browse and see which games were there and then coloring things. And they had lunch boxes full of games and, you know, those old oh, retro yeah, lunch the boxes. the lunch boxes were awesome. And they were full of different games yes. or coloring Crossword items. Crossword puzzles and, and markers and a whole toolkit that you put in front of the kid in an old lunch box right. from like the 70s. So that was that, a great idea. <clears throat> Instead of just having a coloring, you know, a kid's menu with coloring and a few four or five crayons, this allowed them to go back and forth, getting up and stretching their legs and picking out the toys that they wanted to play with. But all, they were all, you know, table-friendly toys, but it kept them pretty occupied in a small space. Mm -hmm. And we were also thinking recently about the s'mores kit, right? Oh, and the right. fire pits. Well, we were talking about different concepts often you'll try a concept and you'll think much like we did with the Mexican restaurant, Let's you'll think it's first. a knockout that you're not going to tell the backstory. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's the same thing, whether it's a new restaurant or just different concepts within your restaurant. So one of the things you were talking about that you thought was going to be the coolest thing ever yeah. was yep. an indoor fire pit. And why don't you, well, we so built an indoor fire pit that was probably six feet across, you know, and we had big logs burning in there and we actually passed out those long, you know, marshmallow sticks for the kids and the kids were roasting marshmallows. It was a huge hook and the kids were happy and the parents were happy and it was all fun while it worked until it didn't work. So based on atmospheric conditions, some days the thing would vent properly and other days it literally smoked out the restaurant, which, you know, we had to literally carry the, the burning logs out the back door and snuff out the fire <laughs> while people are dining. We looked ridiculous. Right. So but we ultimately cool. had to pull out the fire pit. Right. Cool as it was as a hook, it didn't work. Consist we even tried as far as putting a fan on the roof that would draw the smoke yeah. and the design of this thing and the interior airflow just didn't work with this. So, you know, we had to do that. So we got rid of that, but. And that was super frustrating. But as it turned out, it was fine because you made more money on the tables that ended we up We added tables in there and the, and the real estate was, was more valuable seating additional diners because we had a busy restaurant than entertaining the kids. So it's that balance. But, but one of the things you were talking yeah. about was that the kids used to like to make s'mores there. And it reminded us of a local restaurant that we go to. They don't have indoor fire pits, but they have outdoor fire pits. Mm -hmm. In fact, they're not even, this is a pretty urban, um, it's a hotel restaurant. 
they're not a typical big outdoor fire pit. It's more of the tables the, with the gas flame. Yeah, in them. exactly. In their There's outdoor seating tables. area, which helps because it helps you um, with some heat if it's a cool mm -hmm. night. That helps a lot. But they sell these s'mores kits for the kids that come in a little clear plastic gift bag. And it's everything they need to make s'mores. So it's really fun at the end of the night. Instead of sitting and having a traditional dessert, you sit on the outdoor terrace. The kids make s'mores. You can have an after-dinner drink or whatnot. And it's a great hook. I mean, I just thought that was a great idea. And I, I feel like you could probably it do awesome it a number idea, of different ways. Right? But if anybody has outdoor dining and any fire of any kind, s'mores kits would be such a hit with kids. Yeah, and I'm working, I'm working with a client now that's... Uh renovating a space and they're considering the idea of should we have an open line kitchen or shouldn't we mm -hmm. and you know there's a whole bunch of things to consider there you're knocking walls out and again you've got to have the airflow just right, right and we had, had an issue. we did again you know here's another issue when we first decided that an open line kitchen was a good idea we had to spend significant money on on um, return air you know, to make our HVAC system work so that that didn't smoke. But then we also discovered that, you know, once you put people behind an open line kitchen, they've got to remember that they're on show for in front of the public. <laughs> right. And, you know, you in the heat of battle, you, you know, you can't be using expletives and snapping towels at the guy behind the line and all this kind of stuff. And, yeah, so ultimately, after I think a, a year or so, we, we pulled out the open line and we replaced it with more ambiance. We had a ski theme and we turned that whole open line kitchen wall into a, a faux ski shop that looked like we actually were selling skis and boots. And that, that became a really cool hook also that worked just as well. But we, you know, we isolated the kitchen and you try things, sometimes they work great. And sometimes, you know, in retrospect, they, they would have been better not done, but all learning, right? Right. And you squeezed a couple more tables in when you did that yes, too? Yes. Yeah. Yep. We found more table space, which is always a good thing. If you so can find more... silver lining. Yeah. More table space. And, and those were tall tops that broke up the, the floor tables and, and the booths that we had. So we had something for everyone in terms of seating space. So I think it's super important to try all those fun things, different hooks and different um, elements of ambiance. And some, they don't all work, but I think it's still worth trying. Right. And it's also... Um, worth really thinking about the design of it because several of those mm -hmm. things maybe you could have known a little sooner that it wouldn't work. And you always have to bring in the experts also to consult on a project, not just try something like, oh, let's build a fire pit and we'll just <laughs> we'll just hire a mason to build the fireplace and then we'll just put in a vent hood that, you know, and if it doesn't go so many feet above the roof and the wind blows, suddenly you got smoke down your chimney. You know, you got to go to the experts. We did that with the wood-burning brick oven, though, that was the cornerstone of the restaurant. We right. hired a professional that, and we spent a good amount of money on that oven. Oven, but it literally lived in the middle of the dining room. It was a huge show for 20 years and continues to be a huge show. And, you know, the fire's burning 900 degrees and the pizza makers are flipping the doughs. It, that, is, that is a hook and that was ambiance and that worked great. And thankfully, the thing you spent the most on actually worked. Yes, it did. Although when mm -hmm. it comes to traffic control and, and use of the restaurant, you know, you've moved stages and staircases right, right. and all of that. We have, so yeah. I think there that is, was an experiment. It's an, always an evolution, depending on what works, what doesn't work, what you need for your customers from a traffic flow, or you know, when all of a sudden you decide to clear the dining room for a band and there's people dancing instead of eating. It's all it, a lot of lot more things to take into consideration. Right. And that happened frequently. We'd have to move entire a room full of tables, and we had a security team that did this and. 
you know, storage was tight at that point, but you had to do it. It worked. For the band to go on. Right. But then now we're talking about sound issues and lighting issues. And I remember hiring a, a very expensive band that was very popular for a Saturday night. And I would hire these bands, you know, months in advance of them coming. And then it turns out they were playing on the night of the Super Bowl. And then everyone just wanted to watch the game and they didn't want to hear the band play. So that was a total disaster. Right. And so. having, if you have music in, in one spot, when we were in Hawaii recently, yeah. they had music that was being piped through to built-in speakers throughout the restaurant. Mm -hmm. But I found it really loud. It and no was, matter, and yeah. because it was built in, no matter where I went in the restaurant, you couldn't it, tone you it couldn't, down. You yeah. couldn't get away from it. Versus if you have live acoustic music or something like that, you can always, or a band, you can choose to sit a little further away if, mm -hmm. if you want quiet or sit at the bar versus into the restaurant or whatnot. So yeah, when it comes to sound and lighting too, how many times have we been at a restaurant where as soon as the menus come, everyone pulls out their phone and turns on their right. flashlight app because they can't read the menu. And I think that's a problem. I love mood lighting, but I think if, I think a restaurant owner should take note if every, and the you know, servers too, passing along the information, if everybody's pulling out either a flashlight, a flashlight app or whatnot, you have a lighting issue. And sometimes people, I've seen little, um, because they want to keep the lighting sort of intimate, they'll have a little flashlight at the table or sometimes the candle um, mm -hmm. or whatnot can be used for that. But it's just, fr it's a frustrating way to start your meal if you can't read the menu. Absolutely true. The yeah. same goes with heat. You know, we've been places where, especially if you're sitting upstairs, things might get hot. You know, upstairs was hotter because obviously heat rises. Right. We and that, that you don't want to be sweltering while you're trying to eat your meal. But for me, even worse is being cold. So we've been seated at tables before that's lined up with an exterior door that didn't have sort of that wind lock. Yeah. The, and every right. time the door mm -hmm. opens, you freeze. You get the draft and sometimes you can't even see where it's coming from. You know, we right. were at another local restaurant recently and we were far away from the door. Right. But there was this unknown draft coming from somewhere. It was, it was pouring really, down from the ceiling. Yeah. Really right impacting on top of meal. us. Yep. It was awful. It ruined for me the entire meal. I just couldn't relax in a giant down jacket because it was so cold. And I think in that instance, they should probably close that table or, you know, give someone the option. Yeah, I mean, that's another reason to be a customer in your own restaurant and try to sit often at different areas and see what the customer sees and feels and experiences from different tables. And even involve your staff in this because you've got staff working those sections that should be, you know, privy to this information. Are the tables wobbling, which is always a pet peeve in restaurants? Is there a draft? Is the noise level loud? Is that particular corner too dark where it needs more light? I mean, these are all thousands of details right. that impact and guests' experience. And is the experience. room broken? We've been to places where the rooms were so broken up that it felt a little bit awkward. Yes. Um, but we've also been to places where there was no breakup within the tables. So Just you felt like it was almost space. cavernous cafeteria style almost. Mm -hmm. um, and that's so easily solved with some half walls, even some hanging doors or windows, anything to visually break up that it creates space. Creates the ambiance. Yeah. And additionally, I like I think, those windows, you know, the stained glass windows hanging from the ceiling. Or Just antique creative, windows, anything, anything like, like that. that. Sure, that depending on your theme. Sometimes yeah. it can even be done with plants and, um, and things like that. But uh, also booths, I think, in at least in our experience, most of the places, if, if it's fairly casual um, or not, actually, having any time we've had a restaurant renovate and add really cool booths, everyone loves it. And that's everyone's request, right? If you ask a server, 
their right. booths fill up first. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's absolutely true. So why don't we talk about menus and different concepts that are combined? Because sometimes you see something that's a little unusual that you don't quite expect. This place in Maine comes to mind. Right. right? So instead of, so we had tried the Mexican theme, they, because they were also in an area that didn't really have a, a strong presence of a Mexican restaurant or whatnot, but they combined a Mexican restaurant with an Irish pub. Yeah, and they called it Pedro O'Hara's. So you got the two different vibes sort of clashing together where the Mexican meets the Irish pub and vice but versa. But in this case, I wouldn't say clashing, I'd say vibing because it seems it, to it be, works. Yeah, it works. Yes, right? And you wouldn't I think expect it. You wouldn't expect to see a Mexican, you know, a Mexican place and an Irish pub combined with one menu and right. the beers flowing next to the margaritas, but it works and it's cool. It's and like, think about but it. But how perfect for someone who wants a Guinness with their fish tacos. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. You're right. That is that is so true. If you're in a tourist location or if there's a a draw locally to you that's a national park or maybe it's a resort of some sort, I mean, you might theme your ambiance around that particular destination. I mean, we're in an outdoor active community here. Sun Valley's huge with cyclists of all kinds. Mountain biking and road biking are huge. And one of our favorite concepts has a cycling theme. Right. And it is so authentic and it's amazing all the little cycling details when you walk in this place. And we like right. everything about it. It's the food, the service, and the ambiance. They seem to have it all together. It's definitely one of the busiest places in town. You know, we were at a ski resort and we had a specific ski themed restaurant. So that sort of made sense. And we were the, the hit of the area and everyone, you know, loved coming to our place just because of that. So, you know, concepts and themes and menus, sometimes they just come together really, really easily based on your location. Others might be your personal, you know, what your passions are. Maybe you build a restaurant about something you like to do, provided a lot of other people do it too. Right. You know? Yep. And that restaurant had sort of an outdoor space that was great. It's great when the weather's nice. And they have bocce ball. That's right. They, they got a bunch, bocce which is court. Great because it's not only something for yep. kids, but for adults, for families. It's such a cool place. Everyone rides their bike down to it. I mean, mm -hmm. some people drive, obviously, but yeah, it is it's a big a bike super destination. Super cool vibe in the summer. Yeah. And there's another place close by that has outdoor, I mean, they're busy restaurants. So sometimes you go and you have to wait for a table, but they've got these outdoor spaces where you can grab a drink. And this particular place has outdoor ping pong tables and a whole bunch of big log seating areas. So you can sit there and watch people play ping pong, or you can wait your turn and get into a game while you got a drink in one hand and you're playing ping pong in the other. I mean, just what can you do to entertain? Because Let's face it, this business is all about entertainment, fun, show business. I've always believed that. And, and it's these hooks that really capture, you know, the public's imagination and make them want to come to your place, whether you're kid-friendly and you come up with all these kid hooks or just things to please the adults. I mean, that's all part of a vibe, too. Right. Yeah, there's definitely places we go because the food's great, and there's other places we go because it will be, we know it will be sort of a full experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super important. And there's another, there's an Italian place we go to, you know, that doesn't have any particular vibe. And, you know, it's got fantastic service and the food is really great. So that's all you need sometimes is to be treated really, really well. Yeah, vibe. Right? But it's nothing overthought, you know, right. it's just... But once your vibe, your ambiance and your food speak for themselves, like at the restaurant that we love in Portland, Maine, they don't even have a sign. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're booked solid. I don't know how 
you know, far ahead. Every it's really day of the week, there's a line. Every day of the week, you know, they take reservations. They have a few tables that they will keep aside for walk-ins, but literally every day of the week, this place is busy. There's no sign. It's got an open line kitchen that works great. They have a very well-trained staff. Exposed brick. Right. It's kind of really cool. Elegance. Yeah, everything about it. The the servers are all professional servers who've been there a long time because mm -hmm. obviously they make really good money. It has the big warehouse windows. I mean, it's just yeah. so cool. But I always wonder, I mean, I know it's been there a long time. I wonder if in the beginning they needed a sign because I was just shocked the first time we went there and there's no, it's like walking into a you know secret club or something because there's right. no sign on the sidewalk. And you can't tell from the outside necessarily that it is a right. restaurant. It looks more like a warehouse space and there's absolutely no signage whatsoever. Which is their hook. It is. One of several. Yeah, of course. But, you know, it works for them. Not that I recommend everyone go start a restaurant But they don't no need sign. it. They don't need a sign because word of mouth is the best form of marketing. They obviously have a huge repeat clientele. Every right. hotel in town, every concierge in town knows this place. It's probably the... the it's you one know. of the safest places to recommend because yeah, for sure. it's a given that they'll have a great time. They'll no like doubt. the ambiance. The food's fantastic. It's actually got a view of the harbor. So, you know, that's definitely a win. So I well, think there's some hits and some misses, and right. um, it's definitely important to take all of those into consideration. And we'll have to think of some more misses because I think it you can learn a lot from mistakes, you know. So food for thought. Yeah, food for thought. Anyway, yeah, that was fun. Well, it's great. Fun reminiscing all yeah, these, I know, right? So you'll be back again. Every once in a while, we get together and we just sort of riff on stuff, right? Yeah things that we think about that uh, other restaurateurs can think about and GMs and you know these are the decisions we make and some work great and some don't and that's the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Bye everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources head over to restaurantrockstars.com and while you're there download a copy of the book Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.